everybody, and welcome into The Clingers Have Spoken. I'm Joel. That's Michael. We just watched an episode of Survivor, and we are down to seven, and we just watched a great player go home tonight. Michael, how are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm feeling some disagreement with what your last statement. <laughs> great players a, a, don't get voted good... out at the first tribal council they're able to get voted out at. Okay, okay, a good character to watch, like a fun watch, you know, like a person that I was rooting for at least a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Fran- uh, Franny uh, went home and, you know, I think, I think we were rooting for Franny. I think that they painted her as a fun character that you can root for. And it was a little bit sad to see her go, but, you know, it had to be done at some point. So, you know, for, for Carolyn or Jam Jam to win this thing, Franny had to get voted out. So, you know, that's what had to happen. And, uh, you know, it might cause him, I think it's going to cause a huge mess in the next episode to be mm-hmm. untangled. But, you know, I, I, I thought it was a good move for everyone to get Franny out because I think Franny was establishing herself as a favorite. And at the same time, I didn't understand why, like, Danny wasn't more considered, even even among, like, when they were, when Carolyn and them were making the alternate plan, they are like, let's vote Heidi out. I'm like, vote Danny out. Yeah. Why aren't you wanting to vote Danny out? That doesn't even make sense. Heidi said she'd vote Danny out. But, so yeah, it was a good episode, um, enjoyable, uh, some funny moments. Um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, shots at, of Matt and Franny at tribal council. Mm -hmm. So we know what they're doing back at Ponderosa right now. (laughs) Um, yeah, this episode, like, I don't know if I've ever watched a survivor episode and thought the players had like a worse read on the situation than like everyone at camp did. Right. Like, I feel like everyone we start off, Jamie's like, okay, I should just come clean and say my idol's not here. Which, to me, is like the incorrect move in that situation. I would kind of be like, yeah, I have an idol. Like, whatever. You know, vote me out. Dare you. Um, but she just tells everyone she has an idol. And the move is so not normal that everyone just assumes that she's lying and that Jamie is this master manipulator when really she's just being honest. But her honesty is so genuine that they're like, oh, my gosh, and she's lying. That's crazy. Like this season, I feel like the players don't wouldn't know the truth if it just walked up and smacked them in the face. You know, like there are so many things that were said tonight where I'm like, that's that is not how this is playing out or I'm reading this at all. Yeah, I I will say the way that Jamie said it was so weird. And the fact that she, like, wanted to make a pronouncement about it was weird. And the way she said to Danny, do you want to know what really happened to my idol? Instead of, like, instead of it being in a moment where someone was, like, Camp Jordan's, like, so-and-so is doing this because they think you have an idol. And then she could be, like, no, I literally don't have one. Instead, she, like, decides to make a pronouncement to everyone about her idol. I mean... It did sound the way that she delivered it, like she had thought overnight, what story should I tell about why I don't have an idol anymore, and came to that conclusion. Now, 
I think the fact that it was her delivery that made them think she was lying and the story that she told was actually believable. And I think that's what made everyone scared. Yeah. It was like, like oh, okay, wow, so- she came up with a really believable lie. Maybe we should be worried about Jamie. I don't understand, like, because she said that Lauren gave her extra vote to Jamie and then Jamie gave her idol to Kane. Is this not just, like, easily verifiable information? Like, could we not just, like, ask Lauren, be like, hey, you gave Jamie the extra vote. Did she give the idol to Kane? But instead, they're just like, no, that's that's crap. Like, whatever. And then when they get to it in Tribal and she says, I gave Kane my idol... I don't know if this is real. I mean, this could be heavily edited and mistook, but like everyone just looking at Kane and just trying to see any type of reaction, which they could have pulled any stare out of tribal for Kane. So like, I don't think that was actually how he looked, but I think that is interesting. Like reading the jury to gain more information about the player next to you is very interesting. Like I can understand like reading the jury and like seeing how they react to like people talking and like whether they like that or not but like to actually watch watch a jury member to see if the person that is with them is lying or not was that was very interesting to me like i don't know if it's ever been emphasized in an episode like it was tonight yeah the the look that i mean yeah they cut everyone's face of like they looked at kane and they're like lol that absolutely did not happen and the face that they showed of Kane was just like so straight, like, like no, yeah. no raised eyebrow. Like if someone told telling a lie about you, you might like raise your eyebrow, like, oh, this is an interesting strategy. You're just lying about something that I I did or said. Yeah, but I mean, like Carson basically did the same thing earlier in the episode, except his was a lie, in that he was like, oh yeah, Kane like. <laughs> told was telling people about the idol so i just wanted you to know that and it's like yeah i mean it's a it's a decent strategy to lie to somebody about um someone that just got voted out but like make sure it's serving a like a real purpose and i don't know that carson's lie to heidi was really doing that much other than like trying to i guess trying to bring her into the fold with him or Um, but I don't know, I don't really know how effective that was. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's so, yeah, that was a whole crazy thing. We, we go through this and like, this is like the turning point in the season, right? Like literally everything hinged on, on tonight and what was going to happen. Uh, when we talk about Tika being in the middle, they're at this like power position right now. They have three. When the other tribes have three, one tribe has three and one tribe has two, but they're clearly in the middle. Literally every name that got written down was all three Sokas tonight. And like, I literally thought, you know, the best thing for Tika would be for Franny to go home. But then she took freaking Carolyn on the reward. I wonder if she doesn't take Carolyn on the reward. I know for a fact if she doesn't choose Carolyn that like there's no way that Carolyn freaks out this much. Right? Like I I think that that was a huge thing. Yeah, and I mean Carolyn said it herself in the episode. She was like, "Yeah, like I probably should want to get rid of Franny, but I'm not voting her out after that." Like I thought that Franny did as well as she could picking people for the reward. Like yeah. she picked a bunch of people that kind of got on the same page. 
and you can see that they almost became a voting block there um, right before Tribal. And yeah. so I think Franny did as good as she could uh, picking people for the reward. I don't think that's why she got voted out. I think, like, she just shouldn't have tried so hard in the reward challenge. Like, let it go an episode without you winning a challenge and, you know, like, let your threat level dip a little bit. Like, that's, I think, I think Franny's biggest mistake is not letting her threat level, you know, kind of mellow out. Yeah. Like, win one, okay, well, now I need to need to chill. Like, it's just a reward challenge. I don't need to win immunity here. Um, like, it, yeah. obviously, immunity challenge, especially if you're in a position like hers where she was left out of the last vote, you want to win. But the reward challenge, like, that's a good opportunity to kind of, like, take one for the team, not try super hard and, you know, not have to make be the person deciding who goes with you on a awesome reward. Yeah, well, I mean, like, her threat level just skyrocketed. And not even her threat level, like, her hate level, right? Like, I feel like everyone playing the game was like, oh, like, you know, I like Franny, but she's good, you know, but I feel like I can work with her. But when you throw the... I feel like when you throw the loved one's letters, which ethically, all right, ethically, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair at all that some players get the letters from home and other players don't. I think that's garbage. I think that is ethically and morally wrong by the survivor producers to only give the letters from home to certain people because it didn't used to be that way. Right. So like, uh, I mean, yeah, they used to do like videos from home at a reward. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just, man, that makes me so mad that they, that they are only selectively giving that like, incredible responsibility to one person to give that to three people and then make the rest of the tribe, the majority of the tribe, half of the tribe angry at them. Like to me, that is so messed up. Like I think everybody should get the the letter from home. I think everybody should get the whatever because that's dumb. Like that is, that is game ruining. And it's like, and it shouldn't be, it, it should not be game ruining. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Jeff thinks it's the best thing that they do because it, it, it puts people in a dilemma and you're having to battle like the different things that you are wanting. You're wanting some physical nutrition, some emotional nutrition and those types of things. So I'm sure Jeff is all about it. Um, you know, and one thing I, I think I realized was the last few times we've seen survivors in the new era get letters from home, Jeff has not said that was a part of the reward. It was just something that happened on the reward. Mm. And that gives you like a much better yeah. like out. And you can just not tell them that you got letters from home or videos from home because there have been a yeah. lot of things like I've like we just found that out like through listening to like posts postseason interviews and stuff where they're like oh yeah and then you know we each kind of had a video from home there the four of us um or whatever and they left that out of the episode and so yeah i mean i i get why they do it i think it's good tv and uh you know they want people to be crying they want some people to be crying in joy and some people to be crying in anguish 
And I think that's just that's that's literally what Jeff wants to happen. So I think we just I think like choosing to put our foot down about the ethics of Survivor right there is a little bit of a stretch. No, I mean, I have a total I'm totally fine putting my foot down about that. I think it's dumb. I think that's emotional manipulation. I think like anytime I see just brutal emotional manipulation, I I call it out. I hate Shan. I hope Shan never plays again because the way she was able to emotionally manipulate people. I'm not cool with that. Like this game, this game is if I feel like we go back to the beginning of Survivor, it's not manipulation. It's like these people are willingly putting themselves on an island to just like, you know, survive and then vote each other out or whatever. And there's ten, there's tons of manipulation that goes on in that. But like the the show has nothing to gain from doing that except like maybe like a little higher like ratings, which is such like an incalculable thing for that one aspect of the game. And I think that's greedy and I think that's wrong. So I have no problem calling that out because I think it's garbage, you know? Like, like, what are you supposed to, what's Franny supposed to do? Like, like she didn't even, she didn't even know that there were going to be letters from home. Right. Like when she won the challenge, like what, what do you mean? Like this, this responsibility is just like all of a sudden it's on you and it's not a good responsibility. It is a bad responsibility because no matter what happens, you will be in the wrong. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's Survivor for you. That's what Jeff would say. That's Survivor. That's that's the game. You know, there's a there's a twist around every turn, and that was the twist tonight. Oh, and there's letters from home, and you get to choose who gets to read them. I mean, that's that's like Survivor 101 at this point. So, that's I stupid. mean, if you don't like that, maybe we shouldn't be doing a weekly podcast about it. Like, that's stupid. Hey, look, I like Survivor and I care about it. That's why I'm going to say when things are dumb, right? So, like, anyway, all of that happens. I, to me, like, I feel like Franny was absolutely the right call to go home if Carolyn wasn't so emotionally invested in her. Like, literally, they had everyone on the ropes. Danny still did not like the, the Orange Tribe. And everybody else is just kind of stragglers. Heidi's ready to turn on Danny. She just voted for him. Like, it was all set up for them to go to the final three. The three of them to go to the final three. And that one misstep, I think, like, Carson's probably going to go home next episode. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't know how Carson and, y- and Jam Jam both survive next episode because, like now that Danny and Lauren have like a working relationship or whatever, like, man, I mean, I don't, I don't understand how that's like not going to happen. I mean, I, I think that Carolyn will have to move past it. Like she doesn't have to though. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think that the reason they voted Franny out was because Franny was the only person that they could see unseating them with as carolyn's number one and i think that like and i think that was the issue not that franny that carolyn likes franny but it was like we're uncomfortable with how bullish carolyn's gonna be if she ever has to vote franny out and so like they're not seeing it as like this is the vote right after she you know took carolyn on the reward and got Carolyn a letter from home. 
they're seeing it as like that is the beginning of something that's going to get much stronger and deeper because it was something that Franny was going to be pursuing. Like she was going to be trying to Mm -hmm. make Carolyn her number one. And so I can totally understand why they did it. I don't know that it was the right move at the time. And I think we'll only be able to know that in hindsight. Um, You know, I, I, and I, I do think that Carolyn will have to move past that with Jam Jam and, and, um, Uh, Carson because I don't know that she has a choice she really does not like Danny she's not close with Heidi or Lauren and that's that's who's left in the game so or Jamie so like I I just don't see a path for her that doesn't still involve Carson and Jam Jam so she's gonna have to get over it the good news for her is that they're not gonna vote Carolyn out they're, like if she throws a fit and says, "I'm mad at y'all. I'm not voting with you this time." No one's going to vote Carolyn out, and no one thinks yeah. Carolyn is a real legitimate threat to win. They're not going to vote her out, even if she becomes obstinate in the next episode. So, I do expect Carolyn to end up back with Carson and Jam Jam. It might take, it might be not next week, but it might be the week after that. But I mean, I I don't know that she has any other real options, and at this point. Jam Jam is extremely tied to Carson and Carolyn. And yeah. so I can see Jam Jam like kicking Carson to the curb and going in teaming back up with Carolyn in a really non-threatening position and throwing Carson to the wolves here. I could totally see that happening next episode. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like Carolyn is not going home like at all ever. It doesn't matter who she's with. She's not going to get voted out. So, like, literally all it takes is people to meet up in Ponderosa and Franny to be like, oh, Carolyn was talking game. Oh, Carolyn did this. Carolyn did this. And, like, why shouldn't she win? Because all that's left is Carolyn, Jamie, and Heidi or Jamie and Lauren, you know? Like, why why shouldn't Carolyn be there? Or why shouldn't Carolyn win over Jam Jam? You know? Like, what are we... This the fact that like it is seen as a liability some seasons to be dragged to the end because you you appear weak, but this season it's going to be rewarded. I I will never understand that, but that is what is going to happen. It's not that Carolyn got dragged to the end. It's just no one no one she like didn't show up. Like she just kind of existed, and I think this season is full of totally imperfect players. Like, I think that strategy-wise, this is maybe, like, one of the weakest seasons we've seen in a while. We got Jamie making it this far. We've got um, Lauren making it this far, losing an extra vote. And Tika has just kind of manipulated everything the way they want, and that's been with Carson and Jam Jam. The only person that really hasn't made a misstep this whole time has been Carson. He's been in control of the game from, like, day one. He just didn't go to tribal council as many times as some other people. Like this, if Carson goes home, there's no real good reason why anyone should win over anyone else in this game right now, because Danny's still missing calls. Like Danny is not a perfect player. Danny's still wrong a lot of time. And his social game sucks. His social game sucks. Like it's bad. Like, yeah. I mean, his number one ally was willing to vote him out. So, yeah. And the way he talks, he's like, we don't even need your vote. What do you mean you don't need my vote? You need my vote. Like, you need my vote to not go against you. I think, well, I think what he was trying to say was, like, 
like, he shouldn't have said it like he did say it. But what he was trying to say was, it doesn't matter. I've got the numbers. I'm letting you know because you're my number one person, and I'm letting you know this is happening. Now, Why? but like the way that that's he's not a conversation that, you have with her beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the way that he's saying that is coming off as like, you're my number one, but I don't need to consult with you about my game choices. Which to her says, okay, so you don't value me as your number one. I'm just a number to you. Like, yes, Danny handled that poorly. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see Danny winning. I don't see Heidi winning. I don't see Lauren winning. Um, Jamie's not winning. Oh, I definitely don't see Jamie winning. And, you know, I could see Carson, Jam Jam, or Carolyn winning. And honestly, I'm probably leaning Jam Jam right now. I would love it. I think I'm. Leaning, however, I think like, I'm. I'm not necessarily rooting for Jam Jam. I think I'm still rooting for Carolyn. But I could definitely see Jam Jam win this thing, um, because everyone likes him, and we've honestly seen him talk more strategy with more people than anyone. There's not yeah, anyone it, out on the on the beach that he hasn't talked to. Yeah, but it's so interesting because, like, for the longest time, he was, like, quote-unquote, like, on the bottom or whatever and getting votes and everything. And he's like, look, like, I'm down to do whatever. And people will just walk up to him and, like, talk to him because they want his vote. Because they're like, okay, yeah, I could work with Jam Jam. Like, Jam Jam has just been, like, available, right? He's been available for anybody, everybody, except for, like, Josh. (laughs) Um, But it's just, like, it's difficult to to say that jam jam has played a better game than carolyn i wouldn't even say that because carolyn up until this vote tonight has been on the right side of every vote that she's been at and she's been in like more than anyone else um jam jam has like gotten lucky in that people will like have chosen not to vote with him and maybe that's like his gameplay or whatever but i wouldn't say that jam jam really deserves to win either i would say like it's carson and then like a gap to me right now and then I mean, Carolyn deserves to win is a a BS phrase that's a completely meaningless phrase whoever gets the most votes deserves to win I mean that's how Survivor works you know it, you know we can say who's playing the best game and we can say that's Carson right now but Carson's playing with fire and does that mean he's playing the best game if he gets voted out he won't have played the best game that's true um, so that's you true. know Whoever whoever gets the most votes deserves to win. Um, but who would you if you had to pick somebody to win? Who would you pick right now? No, that's going to be Carolyn for Carolyn. sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any way that she doesn't make it to the final three. And when she gets there, I don't know who she's going to be against. And unless it's Carson, I don't really see like a landslide argument for anyone else at this point in the game. Well, and like, Carolyn has the like. A much better story than Carson. You know, Carolyn's story of, like, I've been sober for 13 years. Like, this money is going to be completely life-changing for my work as a drug counselor and, you know, for my kid. And, you know, I never could have imagined that I'd be sitting here and I came out here and I did it. And, you know, and I was, like, dictating votes on top of all that versus Carson, who's going to be like, yeah, I'm a 20-year-old who 3D printed the puzzles 
which already people don't like that he did that. And like, you know, I'm a I'm a 20-year-old kid who 3D 3D printed the puzzles and, you know, it's always been my dream to get on Survivor and I got on it in t- to the first 2 years I was applying. So like there's not that same level of story with Carson. I don't I so don't I understand could see the Carolyn beating him still. I don't understand the difference like I don't I don't get the whole like oh this person has like a better story like this money would go. I don't think that's a good argument for anybody ever. I think that's bad. I think that's poor. I think that says like But that's like, the reality of what happens. I think that's bad. Like I think that's bad. I don't think that makes any sense. Right? Like it doesn't matter. Is the game is the game survivor or is it make the final 3 and then just your life is harder than everyone else's? Which is it? You know? I mean, like, I, I don't, like, it doesn't, no one cares what you think, Joel. Like, no, yeah, no I know. one cares so then what why you think is, like, a, a good reason to win. I'm just telling sure. you the, the reality of what's going to happen at Tribal. Yeah, and I think it's dumb. And I care about what I think, so I'm going to say it on this podcast that we have where we talk about using our voices and talking about Survivor. Using so, our yeah. voices. Yeah, like, we... Standing we, up we to talk, injustice. We talk, we use podcast. our voices. Like, that's how, the, that's how like, podcasts and, like, just general, like, talking and commentary works, right? So that's my opinion. I think it's dumb. Um, but Carolyn's played a great game so far. This was, like, the one episode where it's, like, I feel like she got knocked down a notch. But to me, it was just, like, she was so far ahead of everybody else before. Because this is the first time that she actually tried to do something and it failed. Right? Like at tribal. So that's what I think. Um man. Anything else on the episode? No, I think we've covered it. All right. Um, so did something did happen last weekend? Well a, a couple of things have happened since the last time we talked. Um the Memphis Grizzlies are are out of the playoffs, thanks to LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves and Rudy Really Thanks Achimura. To Dylan Brooks. Um, and, and I think that like th- this goes further than Dylan Brooks. Like, I think, you know, if Steven Adams is here, like this is a very different se- different series. If Brandon Clark is here, it's like a different series, you know? Um, I can't wait to watch the Grizzlies play basketball and like, just be like, have a general presence in the league without Dylan Brooks. I'm, I'm thrilled for that future and I can't wait for it to come. I want them to get on the floor tomorrow, you know? And just just have like an exhibition. It's like, hey, look, Dylan Brooks isn't here, man. Isn't this wonderful? Like, man, they're gonna have to talk smack about like Jaw, you know, or or something like that. I don't I don't love people because that say like, oh, you know, like Dylan Brooks don't talk smack to LeBron. It's like that's not why people don't like him in Memphis. Like people don't like him in Memphis because like he's just not that good, and he and he thinks he is. And it's like, why would we? You know, like I, I just, I'm happy that he's gone. He's a distraction and I think he's a culture guy, but I don't think he's the kind of culture that brings you championships guy. So I'm ready to see him out of the culture. I mean, he, he's never been as good as he thinks he is. And the gap had never been wider than it was over the last two weeks against the Lakers. So it's best for everyone that he moves on from this situation in Memphis. So wish him well. I don't really care to talk too much about the Grizzlies uh, beyond that. I mean, it, 
it's over. It's it's done. Move on. I don't think any of us yeah. legitimately thought they were, they had a real chance this year. But I appreciate I appreciate you coming and talking about it though, as like it's it's a responsibility, unlike Dylan Brooks's media availability. So I, I appreciate you you taking taking the mic and you know answering some questions because you know we were not all big enough to do that apparently. Um, second thing that happened this weekend, the Titans just drafted franchise quarterback, maybe. What do we think? What do we think about Will Levis? Well, I mean, I think it's disrespectful to Peter Skaronsky, our first-round pick, taking 11th overall to just jump right over that. What do you now, mean? Now, granted, he might be an offensive guard that we drafted, 11th overall. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's literally no excuse. If you draft a guard at the 11th pick overall, he better start for your team for, like, 10 years minimum. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping that that works out. Um, just having like, you know, I think we've all seen like just how nasty things can get when you have question marks at the offensive line. Like you need mm-hmm. at least three guys on the offensive line that before the season, you know, they're going to be available. They're going to be there. They're going to be playing at a high level. And we have not had that in quite some time. So shout to Peter yeah. Skronsky. I mean, with Levis, I literally, each day, I feel completely different about it. I was so bummed at first. <laughs> like, the fact that we we gave up stuff to get him when we chose not to draft him at 11. And Fair, I'm glad yeah. we didn't give up more to move up into the end of the first round to get him. I don't know how he fits in with what our current team is because... For all the chances that they've had to trade Tannehill or trade Henry, they haven't done it. And then we drafted a quarterback and a running back in the second and third round. So I just don't know. I don't know what the plan is. Like, if if we're not putting Levis out there this year, are we moving off of Henry? And I assume we're cutting Willis? Like, yeah. like what are we doing? Like... Why do we have three quarterbacks? We literally, for the longest time, have carried one quarterback and one absolute scrub. And now we've mm-hmm. got three quarterbacks on the roster. It doesn't make any sense. There's no chance that we enter into the regular season with all three of those guys, right? Like, we're going to... I mean... And we're not... And the thing is, the guy who's definitely going to be there is Levis. Willis yeah. might not be there. Tannehill might not be there. But Levis is going to be there... So I don't know. Maybe they want to get into rookie mini camps and see like how Levis looks with everything, and see like you know maybe they get into rookie mini camp and he looks like way far farther ahead than Willis looked last year, and they're like, okay, we feel pretty good, you know, because he's Willis was here and Levis he's all the way out in front of him already, so we feel good about moving off of Willis. Um, or maybe he impresses so much that they feel more comfortable moving off Tannehill. But, dude, it's a mess. Like, this was a terrible draft. Like, I get, like, the message it sends to me is, like, fully, like, we're rebuilding. But the message that they have sent to the fans up to the draft is not exactly that we're rebuilding. It was like, okay, we're going to find value guys on defense and the offensive line. Yeah. And they did everything that they needed to do this offseason before the draft to go in there and draft a receiver 
a receiver to yeah. play opposite of Burks, who is going to be able to catch balls this year. And they didn't do that. And so, yeah. you know, like, I know that Ty J Spears, the third-round running back, has some impressive catching highlights. But based on what I've seen from our team, I don't expect Tim Kelly to go out there and line up Chig in the slot or line up Spears in the slot or line up Wiley in the spot slot, although that's definitely what they should do. If you have yeah. skill players but no receivers, that's exactly what you should do. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. So I have I a lot of like, mixed emotions. It's the I like the draft outside of the fact that they did not take a receiver until the seventh round. Like, I don't think it doesn't make sense. What they're doing doesn't make sense to me if they walk into the first into week one with their wide receiver room the way it is, right? Because if that wide receiver room is the way it is week one, we have to be rebuilding or otherwise we're just going to be, we're just going to be like a six win team again. You know, like if they go out and they sign, you know, Nikhil Harry or Jarvis Landry, it's like, okay, fine. Or they trade for Corey Davis, which I would love. Oh my gosh. I would trade a fourth rounder so fast to New York. If they would send us Corey Davis, that would be like my dream. Um, but like, they can't walk into week one with the wide receiver room the way it is and say they're trying to win football games, which when you're paying Derrick Henry as much as you are, when you're paying Tannehill as much as you are, when you're paying Jeffrey Simmons as much as you are, when you're paying Byard as much as you are, how can you not be trying to win football games? Like, I'm totally fine trying to win football games. Then, like, do a better job, you know? Like, taking a third-round running back, which, like, may be explosive, but the man does not have an ACL and people are talking that he's going to replace Derrick Henry as like the running back of the future. I don't think so. I really doubt that. Like maybe they get three years out of him. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that doesn't make sense. Like you can't tell me you're trying to win this year. If you use two out of your three picks on guys who are not going to be starters. Like, yeah, are, are like are not the plan is not for them to play when there were guys on the board that you could have drafted who would be instantly wide receiver two. And the thing about a wide receiver room is like, it's not good to start with. It's like maybe league worse or league worst, but it's only going to get worse when Traylon Burks pulls a hamstring, you know, yeah. when, when, you know, I think NWI has proven to be incredibly durable over the year, but when Kyle Phillips gets a concussion and he misses six weeks, because he's 110 pounds. Like, yeah. we're not going to be in a position to, like, win a game at all. Like, if Bur- like yeah. if Burks is out, we don't have a chance to win a game this year. Like, yeah. we need Burks to take a leap and also to play every single game or we don't stand a chance. So we've, like, literally I saw a quote say, from, from Vrabel saying that they are expecting a lot of receivers to be available who are whose spring leagues are ending. Like we're talking yeah. about XFL and USFL talent that yeah. Rabel's planning on adding to the roster at receiver. Are mm-hmm. you freaking kidding me? Now, yeah. if they came out in the press conference and they said, you know what, we signed a big blocking tight end, we drafted another like tight end who was a great value pick at that spot. 
We are going to be lining Chig up in the slot. We are going to be using Chig all over the field. And we drafted a running back who we also plan to use all over the field. I'd feel a lot better. But they haven't even, like, mentioned that once. And so I'm really concerned about our offense. I think the tough thing for me, like the draft, I feel like was set up for them to not do for the, the fans. were not going to love the draft regardless. Right. So I think best case scenario that solves our problems is we don't draft Will Levis and we draft Cedric Tillman in the second round or something like that. You know, like what are we, are we going to, tr- could, was anybody willing to trade up in the first round? And could we have gotten like Jordan Addison, like later in the first round? Is that guy going to solve all our problems and make us a winning football team? You know, I don't think so. So like, the, the wide receivers in this class were not very good, and the free agents are pretty horrible. So there's just not a lot out there in terms of wide receiver. And you can see it on their face in the press conference. They're like, look, guys, we are trying to do what we can. And, you know, it's like, as a fan, I appreciate that you're trying, but, like, I also think you could be doing better. And the truth of the matter is we won't know until we see it on the field I want to say a quick thing about Will Levis. We will not know if this is a great pick or not for five years. Like, he straight up could be, like, a week ago, this team was nowhere close to having, like, a Josh Allen on their team. They are closer to that today. Is that going to happen? You know, probably not. But, like, it could. And we were not there a week ago. So why not, right? I, I am of the opinion you just keep swinging at quarterbacks. Like we saw like a million of them taken this year because of Brock Purdy last year. Just keep swinging. Like I have no problem with that. Yes, and I think we'll know in two or three years whether we made a good pick right there. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, this has been The Cleaners Has Spoken. We will see you here next week. Bye, guys. See ya.